The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Here they come on third and five. Wilson, boy, somehow escapes. He's going to run for it. Plenty of green grass. Wilson stays in bounds. He's still going. And he's in. Touchdown. Zach Wilson pulling a magic trick. Down the middle, he's got it. Elijah Moore, the 20, the 10, the 5, touchdown. Two minutes, Barry, that was Sauce Gardner coming in hot. Garrett Wilson, here he goes. Goodbye and hello Enzo. Van Dyke swarmed, swallowed, and sacked. Guess who? You only got one guess, Jermaine Johnson. Here's Brees Hall looking for history. Hall with his 24th straight game with a rushing touchdown. Listen, From the playlikeajet.com digital studio, this is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at playlikeajet1. And it is time to recap day number five of New York Jets training camp, the first day of padded practice with our friend who is the co-founder over at U Stadium, Mr. Nick Spano. Nick, what's up, brother? Pads are on. We're really starting to get going now. It felt kind of like football a little in New York, New Jersey area today. It was kind of like the first day where it wasn't like in the high 80s and 90s. And, you know, it was kind of cloudy and it, I don't know, just had a, maybe I'm just wishful thinking. Um, but I don't know, I got, a, I got a football vibe today, so it was nice to see. One other thing that was definitely nice to see besides the football weather out there, Nick, was Quan Alexander in a Jets uniform for the first time, and he was all over the field making tackles, bringing the energy. This is a guy who is a very low-risk signing. One year, $1.25 million, $152,000 signing bonus. I've joked that even if he only plays like four games, the Jets are getting value out of that. If he can bring this type of presence to the defense, pump everybody up, be a veteran leader, even, dare I say, play a fair amount of games, this defense could be a lot better than people are expecting because we know that the free safety spot is questionable. And we know that the linebacker spots are mostly questionable except C.J. Mosley. If Quan Alexander can come in here and at least be a respectable starting caliber linebacker with C.J. Mosley, you don't have to rely on the young guys who are inexperienced and still need work as much that adds a whole other element to this defense yeah completely and you know it was it's funny because it's a move it almost felt as a when was it going to happen not if right we, we talked about it all off season and jet fans almost acted as if he was on the team, team already you know felt just like he was a given to sign here um and even solid today said he wasn't like you know he was surprised at how good of a shape how good of shape he was in and you know, he's ready to roll already. I mean, the guy is a freak. You see him play, you see him practice, you see the the Instagram videos and all that stuff now. But, 
the main thing is, can they keep this guy healthy, you know, for, I mean, it's a stretch to ask him to play 17 games. Can you keep him healthy for, you know, three quarters of that? Um, and just kind of limit his snaps and, you know, make sure he's, he's around and when it matters, because he's a really good player when he's out there. Um, and he kind of brings a new element to the linebacker group, which they really don't have. So, uh, it really just took them a few days of, of camp to see, you know, what was behind CJ Mosley. And they were like, yeah, you know what? Let's, let's bring Quan in. It's probably enough is enough. Let's go. Staying on the subject of Quan Alexander, we'll get to what the coaches said after practice today because they all spoke, but so did Quan Alexander, who said that he picked the Jets over the Giants and the Saints because of his familiarity with Robert Sala's scheme. Sala seemed to be excited about being reunited with Quan Alexander, but it appears that Jeff Ulbrich is even more excited about having Quan Alexander here. When asked if the Jets needed Quan Alexander, he said no, but it's nice to have him because, quote, Coke is good, but Coke with something in it is better. Okay then, Jeff Ulbrich. It reminds me a little bit of Tobias Funke for anybody that watched Arrested Development back in the day where he would say these things and Jason Bateman would walk by and go, do you even hear yourself? Like the time that he spilled blue paint all over himself because he was going to a Blue Man Group concert and he just yelled out, damn, I just blew myself. And then Jason Bateman comes by and says, do you even hear yourself? But he would always say things like that. This was a Tobias Funke, do you even hear yourself moment for Jeff Ulbrich, but it's a hilarious quote. Yeah, at, at first I had... I was like, wait, is he talking about the drink or something else? So I had to, <laughs> it took me like a few times to listen through it. And um, yeah, it was, I don't, I mean, I kind of don't, I get where he's going with it, but I, I don't know if it, it hit as well as he thought it would. Um, but I mean, the guy is, Ulbrich is just a different dude. Different is a word you could use, certainly, for Jeff Ulbrich. <laughs> and we'll get into what the other coaches had to say after practice in a bit, but let's talk about what happened on the field. We'll start with the fact that the offensive line continued to struggle. Mekhi Becton gave up some sacks. That's okay. He's still getting acclimated. Connor McDermott just got absolutely annihilated by Carl Lawson. Not a big surprise there. The Jets are going to have to do something depth-wise. They've got Max Mitchell, but he's a rookie. He's not a player you want to have to rely on. If George Fant, who didn't participate in team drills today, but did participate in the position drills, isn't ready to go or has a setback or if something happens to Mekhi Becton, you want to be in that Morgan Moses situation like they were last year. And perhaps the answer is sitting in Chicago right now. Yeah, and, and you saw recently that, you know, apparently Tevin Jenkins, a second-year player who the Jets really liked in the draft two years ago, um, has totally fallen out of favor with their coaching staff, new coach Matt Eberflus. Um, he was a pick of Ryan Pace in the old regime, and now obviously there's no ties to him. Um, I think I don't even think he's practiced yet in the first four days, and he found himself coming into training camp second, you know, on the second in the depth chart. Um, and, and just today, Rappaport said that they're listening and even engaging in trade talks. So you have to assume he's going to be out of there relatively soon. Um, and, you know, we spoke briefly before we, we started recording, uh, Scott, and I mentioned why not a Denzel Mims and a late pick for Tevin Jenkins swap. Chicago could obviously use the help at receiver. They have 
you know, one guy and then a bunch of no names. And the Jets could use the, the tackle depth, obviously, and a guy that they liked before the draft, and maybe they can get him in here and, um, you know, he can learn behind two quality tackles and you know, he can be your swing guy, obviously, your Moses replacement. And, and who knows, maybe, you know, if Fant doesn't work out or, you know, if Becton doesn't work out, he can, he can start and he can be your answer. He's young. Um, you know, you have to be a little bit worried about <clears throat> what's happened in Chicago and why a second-year player has fallen so far out of favor. But, you know, sometimes it's just a coaching staff. Sometimes it's a philosophy. Sometimes it's a new regime thing. And at his age and, you know, the, the, the quality you know, prospect he was coming into the draft, he's totally worth a flyer for the Jets. Now, I don't know if there'll be a team who would trade for him as a starter. Um, you know, he, he came into last season expected to start for the Bears and had the injury, missed, missed most of the season, came in and didn't play well anyway, and now he's fallen out of favor. So there's obvious red flags. But in terms of a, you know, low-risk, high-reward, um, you know, Tevin Jenkins is a name I would definitely be interested in. Play like a Jet. Play like a Jet. Last year, Nick, we heard all about how Elijah Moore was the star of training camp and so far, he's played well, but today was probably his best practice. He had a 70 or 80-yard touchdown, depending on who you ask, from Zach Wilson early in practice. Just completely destroyed DJ Reed on the play. Caught a really nice pass from Joe Flacco as well on the sideline. Well-placed ball by Flacco, and we'll get back to Flacco in a little bit as well because there's stuff to talk about with him. But Elijah Moore continues to show us why he has number one wide receiver potential. Garrett Wilson has looked pretty good in training camp. If Elijah Moore can continue down the path he went down last year, that five or six game stretch before he got hurt at the end of the year where he looked like he was as good as anybody in the league, and Garrett Wilson can be anywhere close to what people are thinking he can be coming out of Ohio State, this could be a very fun duo. But Elijah Moore was sparkling today at Florham Park. If he stays healthy and Garrett Wilson develops, I mean, this is going to be such a fun young core of offensive players. But I mean, uh, Elijah Moore is on, I think he's on the brink of becoming a star if he's out there. Uh, by everything I heard from people at camp was he's he's been open all the time, you know, down the field. I know Zach missed him on a few occasions yesterday and, um, you know, on, on Monday as well. Uh, so, you know, he, he's just he's out there and he's, and he's making, you know, he's showing off. So, and he did that early, you know, last year before the injuries in camp, I I remember hearing, you know, this guy is just playing on another speed. So you expect this guy, if he's out there, we saw in, in brief kind of glimpses last year, what he could do. If, if he's out there and he's healthy, man, this, this kid's an explosive player and you, you know, team him up with a guy like Garrett Wilson, who's just super, super slippery, great route runner. Uh, soft hands. I mean, I couldn't be, you know, the Jets haven't had a, a young potential wide receiver core like this in a long time. While it was a big day for Elijah Moore, it was another rough one for Zach Wilson. Didn't play great in the last practice on Saturday. Today he had some trouble. Two three and outs for the first team offense in the live period, 11 on 11s. Wilson got off to a good start with that long throw to Elijah Moore. But after that, sort of went downhill. I say this every time Wilson has a rough practice. A practice is a practice is a practice. Individually, it's not anything to worry about. But, of course, we would much rather be hearing that he's lighting it up every single day. I'm not going to get 
worked up over practices. Like you said, you, you, you don't, it's not great that he's still out there kind of missing guys, throwing some interceptions here and there. You don't want to see it obviously, but um, let's, let's see when, you know, the first preseason game starts, those joint practices. And then obviously in the season, um, first day of padded, you know, padded practice, it's not anything to get alarmed about. Um, but you just want to start to see, you know, I remember, I, I think it was a mini camp obviously, but, he was putting like two to three days of really good practice, consecutive practices together. Um, and you start to say, all right, well, this is what you want. You want to see some consistency, you know, and not making the same mistakes, not, you know, kind of being erratic and, you know, relying on that, like get shaking, getting outside the pocket and just launching, playing backyard football. Yeah. That's a great added bonus. And that's why you think he can be such a great player, but you want to see him do the easy things. Um, and you want to see him just be be an accurate passer and just kind of play within the offense. So um, not going to get overworked about that yet, but it's worth monitoring. Um, so, you know, let, let Becton get some practices under him. Uh, let, you know, let Lake and Tomlinson kind of adjust to this new – to a new team. You don't have Fant out there yet. Um, I'm not going to, to really – get all worked up, but it's, it's something you just don't want to keep see happening because, you know, it starts to translate into, you know, into bad habits and, and things that create and you start to see them out on, you know, when it does matter. So, you know, the coaching staff and the players are all saying the you know good things about him and his leadership and confidence. And of course they're going to, you know, they're not going to say, well, I don't know about this guy. Mm-hmm. Um, it's obviously going to be, you know, we'll see the proof will be in the pudding. Um, but, he just needs to do the simple things and I will give him some time until you start to get really alarmed by it. On the plus side at quarterback, Nick, Joe Flacco continues to impress at 37 years old. He still looks sharp at training camp. He was firing him in today. He can still go down the field, throws as pretty a deep ball as anybody in the NFL. I'm not saying he's the Joe Flacco that won the Super Bowl 10 years ago. And certainly none of us wants to see him start but he could be a stabilizing presence in the locker room, maybe somebody that Zach Wilson can lean on and learn from, and somebody that would allow Jets fans to take a deep breath if he ends up having to play, only in the sense that when you have young skill position players, it's important to have a quarterback who's at least capable of moving the ball because that allows those guys to continue to develop. If you have a quarterback who can't play at all, that doesn't do any favors for somebody like Garrett Wilson, Elijah Moore, Brees Hall, so on and so forth. So having Flacco there as that veteran presence and a guy that can still get it done in training camp, help these guys develop, and help Zach Wilson come along, definitely a big plus right now. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we said it all offseason last year. Why, why do they not have a veteran in here? was completely botched by the Jets, and they admitted it by going to trade for Flacco and – you know, bringing him back this year. So I, I love having Flacco, you know, here. It's a, I think it's a, he's a calming presence, you know, in, in, in what can be such a wild, out of control New York lifestyle, you know, for a young quarterback, especially one who likes older women and, you know, seems to like the, uh, the light, the, the limelight of the position, you know, so having a guy like Flacco who's very calm and, you know, grounded is, is important. Um, so, it's only it's only a, it's only good to have him here, and and he can still play. We saw him 
not that they won or did anything great, but when he played, he was, you know, I think he had that game. We almost had 300 yards, right. And two touchdowns. And we saw Elijah Moore go off when he was, he was playing. So if he has to play, you have a guy who was a Super Bowl MVP. Not that he's a great quarterback, but he's a veteran and he can move and he can play in the off. Not, not move physically, he can't, but he can move the offense. Is what I'm saying. Um, so you you feel good about that, and um, you know, let's be honest, it doesn't hurt to see somebody who knows how to play the position in camp and has done it for for years. So it's it's a great presence to have for everybody in in that building. Some news and notes and quotes from inside the locker room. First of all, still no Jeremy Ruckert. He's recovering from that foot injury. Tevin Coleman was on the sideline, but he did not practice, still recovering from an illness. Robert Salas spoke after practice. He said the offense's struggles during the unscripted portion of practice was more due to the defense being on fire than the offense being bad. He said people should be able to see the changes in Wilson from year one to year two by the time that the Jets have the joint practices with the Atlanta Falcons coming up in a couple of weeks. Salah urged caution with the Jets offense, said that it's way too early to say anything definitive, added that he's happy that the team is making less mistakes on offense. Also, Brant Boyer spoke, said the kicking competition is going well. Zerline was 4-for-4 four four today. Pinero was 2-for-4. As far as I'm concerned, it's a race to the bottom. It's two journeyman scrubs, and hopefully one of them just... <laughs> Isn't embarrassing Boyer talked about Braden Mann He said I think he's as talented as anyone in the league He is as talented as anyone in the league But we haven't seen it yet So this is a big year for Braden Mann If he wants to prove that he was worth that draft pick The Jets used on him a couple of years ago Mike LaFleur spoke Said he sees differences on and off the field From Zach Wilson But it won't be until the team gets on the field Week one that you really see it for yourself LaFleur says he's been pleased with Makai Becton and he's looking forward to leaning on the offensive lineman as a whole to be able to anchor the Jets offense. LaFleur said that while he wasn't with Joe Flacco early in his career, he can't imagine that Flacco's arm has lost anything on it, still throws that ball down the field as well as anybody. Talked about the touchdown that Flacco threw in practice on Saturday in the corner of the end zone and said it was great. Also said that Denzel Mims has made great strides so far throughout training camp. So, Nick, any thoughts on what the coaches had to say and the notes involving Tevin Coleman and Jeremy Ruckert? Yeah, I think what I take from the floor is that he wants to run the shit out of the ball and he's going to do it a lot. (laughs) You know, he's going to hope that helps out his quarterback. Um, he sees Flacco as a guy who probably at this point is a better NFL quarterback than Zach Wilson. And that's not really a knock on Zach. He's a Super Bowl winning MVP. He's played in the league for 20 years. So he's probably sees him just as a, you know, a calm and, uh, you know, a calm professional quarterback where Zach's still trying to, you know, learn. Um, and he's a guy who just is probably really excited to run behind Vera Tucker and Becton with, with Brees Hall, his new toy. Um, and Michael Carter, I know everybody was talking good about. He's looked great out there. Um, so I think, you know, LaFleur is excited to run the ball. And I know it's not, you know, we're not, you know, is running the ball going to get everybody all, you know, amped up? Not really, but you got to do it. You know, you have to, do, when the Jets are playing well and winning games, that's because they run the ball really well. And your quarterback is able, you know, to do the things that, you know, with, with his God-given talent, you know, those those down the field, um, off-platform throws, as long as he's kind of taken, 
taking what's given to him. And, you know, those plays are obviously acceptable and they're fun, but, you know, he's got to be able to do the rest of the, you know, the, the, what the job entails. So um, as for Tevin Coleman, I'm not, what was he was on with like a non-football illness, they said, right. Or a non-football injury illness. Mm-hmm. Um, so hopefully he's, he's fine. Um, he doesn't need the reps, you know, the better that the younger guys get it. You get to see the undrafted kid Knight. Apparently he's been pretty solid in camp. Um, and Rucker. Yeah. I mean, look, it gives, and, and I will say it's one thing I spoke, I, I posted it on you stadium app the other day, just a few names that, you know, I spoke to some people at the jets who they're, uh, excited to see, you know, the rest of the summer. And one guy was uh, a guy that we liked last year and Kenny Yaboa. And they think he's going to make the team because obviously he plays on special teams, but they think he's kind of developing into more of a complete tight end. So this gives you Boa an opportunity, and hopefully that means Trayvon Wesco is as far away from this team. I don't know why he's still here, um, but you know maybe as long as Rucker's healthy and um, Yaboa is you know continuing to develop, that means Wesco's gone. So that's good for everybody. Um, and you know Wesco uh, Yaboa was one guy who. I was told to to keep an eye on again this year. They were excited about him. Um, and Jeff Smith was another guy as well. Obviously, we, we saw and heard about all he can do on special teams, but also people are saying he's you know really kind of developing into an actual NFL receiver. So those are two guys on the offensive side that um, were mentioned to me to, to watch. Trayvon Wesco, yet another in a long line of terrible Mike McCagnan draft picks. <laughs> One last quote, Nick, that I wanted to touch on was Michael Carter II. He spoke about Sauce Gardner. Here's what he had to say. From what I can tell, he's having a lot of fun. He's built for it, meant to be here, asks a lot of questions, and that just tells me he's not afraid to be wrong and learn from mistakes, always willing to learn and get better, going to be special for sure. Nick, I know he was the fourth overall pick, so that carries a lot of expectation. But I'm not sure that I've ever seen a cornerback that Jets fans were this excited to watch on the field this early. Darrell Revis, when he was picked in the first round, didn't carry this level of hype as a rookie. He eventually built into it and became Revis Island. But Sauce Gardner already is capturing the imagination of Jets fans and the Jets players. Yeah, and I wonder how much of it has to do with the awesome name and branding. You know, he's like, <laughs> you know, he's he's tall, he's long, he's got the great fluid movement for his size. Um, you know, he's a he's an interesting guy. He's fun. You know, so he's he's kind of like Dion. Like, I don't want to say he plays like Dion, but he's flashy like him. The the the, the jewelry, the name, the primetime name, the sauce name. So he's got the the superstardom to him where Revis was really quiet, you know, was a lockdown guy. didn't show up with the, the grills or the chain or the, the funny name or whatever. It took him a little while to get the Revis. But even Revis Island wasn't really like a nickname. It was more of just like a, you know, you, you were just given a, it was almost just like you earned this Revis Island name. You know, it wasn't like a nickname that someone called him. Um, so he's, he's flashy. He's brandable. He's fun. And man, when you like, even just seeing, you know, we'll see it on the field, which would be awesome. But just seeing him in practice, he plays at like a different speed. And a, you know, there's just there's some guys where you see them out on the football field, they just look different and look so much better and faster than everybody else. Um, it was almost like I remember going to – I used to go to, to camp all the time every year back in Hofstra, you know, when they were at Hofstra. So, you, you know, you go through some years, you would see Pennington, you would see – other quarterbacks, even, you know, I remember seeing Vinny. Um, and then Brett Favre, when he came, now what year was that, like 08? 
Oh, wait. Yep. He was just so different. Like, you were like, I mean, obviously, he's a Hall of Fame and one of the best quarterbacks of all time. But it was just, there was an aura about watching him play and and practice, I mean. And you were just like, you're looking at something different and you feel it when you're there. I get I get that somewhat with Sauce where you're just like, man, look at how he moves. Like, I know they're in shorts and no pads or whatever today they were. But, you know, on the practice field, not, not in pads and just in the helmet and shorts. But you're like, there's something just different about the way this guy performs on a field you know he's like a master of his craft so you see sauce and he's just kind of moving different than everybody else and you know i know sometimes it takes corners in this league you know some time to kind of grow and become great um i feel like with him it's going to be a very short learning curve and he's going to be really good really fast Nick Spano, co-founder, U Stadium. Thanks so much for coming on and helping me recap day number five of New York Jets training camp with me. Really appreciate it. Everybody should download the U Stadium app if you haven't already done so. Also, make sure that you take part in the takes function. DM Nick over at U Stadium on Twitter and get yourself some points. He'll hook you up as long as you tell him that you heard him on the show. He'll give you the play like a jet extra points, we'll call it. DM U Stadium and get those (laughs) points because you can turn those points into real money. Make sure you visit our website, playlikeajet.com, and go to the Play Like a Jet YouTube channel. The Thunder from Down Under, Luke Grant, has got some fantastic all 22 breakdowns. Plus, he's going to be doing some daily updates each day after camp, getting you ready for the next day and what you need to know. YouTube.com slash play like a jet. Check out our store, tpublic.com. That's T E E public.com. We've got the John Franklin Myers, Quentin Williams, bless you, thank you shirt. The Zach says go long shirt. The Zach the Ripper shirt. The play like a jet logo shirt. Caps, mugs, hoodies. It's all there. tpublic.com. That's T E E public.com. And be sure to give us a five star review for the podcast on iTunes if you haven't done that already. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. Doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you can go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts and content, you know where to go. That's Play Like a Jet Digital and PlayLikeAJet.com. 